I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt.co, this is the Decrypt Daily and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, Kasala Hamachandra, CEO and founder of MyEtherWallet, comes on the show to talk about the Ethereum hard fork that never was supposed to happen. Ernesto Contreras, head of business development of Dashpay, talks about Shapeshift delisting privacy coins, and Michael Saylor has big words for Bitcoin and gold. Coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, November 11th, 2020, Veterans Day. I want to say thank you to all the veterans out there for serving, signing on that dotted line, something that I always regret that I didn't do. I remember when I was 18 years old, 19 years old, I thought about it quite a lot. And looking back, I know that I would have excelled in the military and it probably would have got me to a different place in my life right now, for better or for worse. There's a lot of things I know I learned when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, that I would have learned so much earlier if I was in the military. Discipline, routine, habit, hard work. So what I'm trying to say is I respect everybody who served in the military. It's something that I wish I've always done, but didn't do. But one thing I am doing is remodeling my bathroom. Now, I have been gearing up for this project, and now it's time to move out of the house. I have a a one-and-a-half bath. That means my shower is going to be gone. My toilet is going to be gone. I'm going to have to move to a new place. I am packing up my recording equipment tonight. So if you're savvy, let's see how the recording quality sounds through these transitions. Tomorrow's podcast will be from a different location. And if you're on the Facebook group or page and you see our videos of the interviews, you will see a different background. And we get to play the game of where is Matthew recording from today? (laughs) Let's see how this plays out. I doubt you will even notice the difference. But one thing I do know that you have noticed is that Bitcoin is going to the moon. And I am recording this at 2.59. I only just call that 3 o'clock, Matt. I'm recording this at 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $15,835.35, up 4.7% from yesterday. Ethereum, 469.56, up 5.3%. Litecoin, 60.23, up 3.5%. Chainlink, 13.22, up 2.5%. And XRP, 25.8 cents, our stable coin, up 0.8%. Total market cap for all of cryptocurrency is $455.2 billion with a BTC dominance moving up a little bit to 64.3%. And in our first story today, Bitcoin and gold cannot coexist, says MicroStrategy CEO Michael Saylor. He says, in quote, when the Bitcoin dragon emerges from its lair, the first thing it will eat is the kingdom of gold. That is some epic quoting right there. I wonder how that sounds in, like, Lord of the Rings voice. When the Bitcoin dragon emerges from its lair, the first thing it will eat is the kingdom of gold. Hmm, actually, I wonder how that sounds in Beastie Boy's voice. 
the Bitcoin dragon. I'm merging this woman's slayer. The first thing he's going to eat is the kingdom of gold. All right, that's enough of that. Anyway, Michael Saylor, the CEO of business intelligence company MicroStrategy, is heavily invested in Bitcoin. Today, he suggested that Bitcoin and gold aren't really similar, contrary to the digital gold narrative. When Bitcoin is fully realized as an asset class, it will come at gold's expense, he says. He's tweeted, and I quote, I agree with Pomp that it's dangerous to think that gold and Bitcoin are similar and complementary investments, he says, end quote. In my two cents, and if you heard when it came to the David Morgan interview, I don't think that anybody thinks that it's the same. We're just using it as marketing. Digital gold, a place to store value. You hold it, you hodl it, you make gains. I don't think that anybody thinks that this is actually gold. I don't think that anybody is, you know, kind of deceived that goes, oh, yeah, gold, Bitcoin, same thing. So the statement, in my opinion, is just clickbait. Like if you're going to have a diversified portfolio, you're going to have Bitcoin, gold, stocks, housing, real estate, and other investments. But you're just not going to have Bitcoin or gold. So I, I don't know why he said this. I guess he means that instead of investing in gold, people are going to invest in Bitcoin. But I don't see that. I think that you're going to have gold and bitcoin not just bitcoin or gold me personally never had gold never will buy gold so it's not a problem and if i'm investing in something because the end of the world or the end of the financial institutions as we know then i'm not buying gold i'm either buying bitcoin guns and ammo or cans of soup i don't see that trillions of dollars are going to leave gold and go into bitcoin it's going to be this and this not either or so i don't understand maybe michael wants to come on the show and talk about it and I will use my beastie boy's voice if he does. The hard fork that never was supposed to happen, happened. Kasala Hemachandra, CEO and founder of my Ether Wallet, explains what happened. Yeah, thank you for having me, Matthew. Absolutely. Look, a dormant bug briefly split the Ethereum blockchain. It came out of nowhere. It halted some transactions and some dApps for some time today. And it all started at 7, 10 a.m. UTC. Tell us what happened. So basically, um, yeah, just like you said, 7, 10, around 7, 10 UTC, whole bunch of dApps and whole bunch of exchanges, centralized exchanges too went down because of this bug well the good news is only one of the service providers as far as i know so far only one of the service providers were affected by this bug and um, basically what happened at some point in time in the past go ethereum which is used by i think around like more than 80 percent of the people around the world fixed a certain bug uh, and then it was included the fix was included in like all like all recent update releases and everyone who had the latest update wasn't affected by this specific bug. But unfortunately, Infura, for certain features in their platform, was using this old version of Get Client. Because of that, they, they got affected by this bug and therefore they caused a chain split because they maintain such a, uh, they, oh, they support such a large amount of applications, dApps, and like exchanges. They actually, because of that, all those exchanges was like they ran into a different chain or ch chain split. And this is, this is also like all the lead developers of uh, GoEthereum calling it a technically an unannounced hard fork because they did not think when they fixed this bug that this will cause an actual chain split or this will cause a hard fork because it was such a minor bug. Unfortunately, that whole process led to what happened today and uh, Infura was affected by it. Now they are like, the good news is um, they're back on track, they're live. 
all good to go. Right on, Casala. Thank you very much for coming on the show and explaining this. But one quick brief question. I know that Coinbase, Custodial Wallet, CryptoKitties, and MetaMask, they went down today for a little bit. Everybody's back up and running. Is that correct? Yeah. So everyone is on their way to back up and running or they're already like normal and they're back up and running. Basically, it's like some, some people might just say, hey, like why don't these big services or dApps just use their own nodes because that's the best thing to do. So they don't have to uh, rely on a third-party node service provider. And this was the case. Even at my wallet up until 2019, we used our own nodes, but it became such a big hassle like because maintaining these nodes, scaling, updating them, upgrading them, it becomes such a big part of your day-to-day uh, task. And like it requires so much time from, a, um, from an engineer. So we decided to offload it to third-party node service providers because they are the experts. So um, Infura is definitely one of the good names out there for third-party node services. And Alchemy is another good one. And uh, Rivet is an amazing one too. So uh, we not, we, so my wallet, we kind of saw this uh, happening at some point in time, not this time, but like maybe, maybe in the future it might happen again. So our, our, uh, the, our way of protecting our users is not just depending on one service provider. We actually depends on three separate ones. So it's not, it's highly unlikely all three of them will go down at the same time. So it's highly unlikely our users will be affected by this, these kind of issues. So thank you very much for coming on the show and explaining all of this to us. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. KuCoin recovers $236 million of its stolen funds from attack that happened on September 26th. And I think that is damn impressive. If you remember... $281 million of funds were stolen from KuCoin and they just tracked it all around the internet. The co-founder later came out and said, hey, I think we know who got the funds. And well, so far they recovered 84% of the affected assets. And to top it off, they have resumed full service of 176 tokens and all others are scheduled to be reopened before November 22nd. So in summary, hackers came in to KuCoin hacked the exchange for $281 million. They shut down the exchange. They did some sleuth work, some gumshoe work. They found their funds, recovered 84% of them, and are opening back up the exchange in full service. This is one of those happy endings. Well, at least 84% of a happy ending. Let's see if we can't go and get that other 16% to make it full happy ending. Shapeshift to listing coins. Here to talk about it is Ernesto Contreras, Head of Business Development for DashPay. Doing very well, Matt. Thank you for having me. You're always welcome. You're always welcome, man. Anytime you want, just come on on. But I want to talk to you today about ShapeShift, confirming regulatory risk leading to privacy coin delisting. Um, look, they delisted Zcash, Monero, and Dash. And I basically want to ask you, how did you feel about that when they delisted? And how do you feel about it when they, they're confirming that they did? Yeah, well, um, we, we tried... Reach, reaching out to the ShapeShift team. And we haven't gotten uh, yet confirmation from them because we've heard some of these rumors, but on the website, last time I checked, uh, they still had Dash. So we we're hoping, hoping that it's not going to come to fruition. And if it does, it's due to a misconception about Dash. We're the first going to implement uh, mixing feature back in the day. And that uh, confuses people to believe that Dash is a privacy coin. Dash is not a privacy coin. Dash is an user-centric coin. 
And one of the features that Dash has is mixing coins, which is something that it's also available for many Bitcoin wallets. The Dash blockchain is fully transparent and anybody can go there and check what the transactions are like. Uh, allows for is for uh, neighbors not to see what are your Dash balances or whether you're buying on a grocery store or, or on an online store. But there are the tools that allow for regulators and exchanges to comply 100% with regulations, KYC, AML, travel rule, everything. As a matter of fact, during this year, we've had confirmation from Chainalysis that they have the tool to um, allow for companies such as Shapeshift to comply with AML and KYC regulations. We've had uh, legal work coming out by, by Perkins Coie and other uh, legal firms that confirm that Dash can comply, that the, the exchanges can comply with AML and KYC rules by using one of these tools. So it is, you know, uh, literally, I'm, I'm quoting the report from Chainalysis. It is a misnomer to say that Dash is a privacy coin. Dash has a privacy feature that can protect you know, uh, users from, from nosy people to see your balances, but the regulators and the exchanges and wallets can be certain that they can comply with the law. And we've been working hard to educate them, to let them know that these tools are available, and hopefully we can revert these uh, actions. I kind of feel like this is high school. In high school, what you would do is uh, you walk in there and you'll say hi to all your friends. And sometimes your friends are part of the, the bad kids. And then they just lump you in with the bad kids. Do you feel that Dash got lumped in with the bad kids for no reason? Yeah, well, I would not necessarily say that privacy is a bad thing. Um, many people, especially because we need privacy. But uh, it is important to know that most of the bad stuff that happens online does not happen with crypto. It happens with regular banks and, and, and fiat money, but that's a separate topic. Um, it is, in fact, part of our, uh, we were initially known as a privacy coin because we innovated in this feature of, of uh, mixing coins. But this mixing happens on chain. It is fully transparent. And anybody that wants to uh, report to authorities and comply, they, they, they can find the tools to do so. Yeah, in a way, we, we still have that, that uh, people know us as a privacy coin. And we've been uh, working hard to educate people, regulators, and companies that there is a spectrum of privacy. And Dash has an element of it that is good for protecting users, but it's also 100% able to allow exchanges, wallets, and anybody to comply with laws. So privacy, uh, ha having people out of your accounts is, not, is, is nothing bad, and it's, it's certainly not something that uh, would refrain an organization to complain with regulators. Right on. Ernesto Contreras, Head of Business Development for DashPay. Thank you very much for coming on and explaining that to us. Thank you, Matt. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Remember, Apple Podcasts, go to it. 
like us, subscribe, and leave us a comment. The comments help us know how we're doing, and it also helps people find us. Happy hodling. I'll see you tomorrow.